Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Colts fans. This is the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast. I'm Jake Arthur here along with Zach Hicks on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of our show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Please give us a rating and review as well. The Colts just got done laying down an egregious choke job, blowing a 17-point lead in the second half and losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field by a score of 28-24. to For the umpteenth time this season, I'm letting you guys know that they failed to string together 60 or let alone even 45 minutes of solid play. As we all know at this point, whether it's the offense or the defense, it seems like they can only, they can only dominate one half. And if, if they dominate that half, it's like they go in the completely opposite direction, the, the one before or after. With the Ravens also winning today and the Browns losing, there's just a big cluster of teams now around 10 and 4, 10 and 5. Uh, so it's not technically the end of the world for the Colts. In general, it's not today's drop, drop wasn't a huge deal. It's just incredibly frustrating. The Colts are currently the eighth seed in the playoffs and would be out of the postseason if it started today. Uh, but the Titans still play later. And the Colts have Jacksonville next week. So they can still get in, but they have to win and they need a little help along the way. Before we get into the breakdown from Sunday's action, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you once again by Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Earlier in the week, the Colts were one and a half point favorites, and the point over under was 44 and a half. And then before the game with, you know, some injuries happening for the Colts, it went up to a pick and the points dropped down to 42 and a half. So they actually exceeded the points by quite a bit, but the Colts did not, uh, not grab that one and a half points that they were once granted. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Leading off this storyline segment, uh, we'll start with injuries as usual. The Colts were in rough shape in a, in a spot or two coming into it. They were down both of their starting offensive tackles. Anthony Costanza was dealing with uh, knee and ankle issues. And then Braden Smith got thrown on the COVID list later in the week. Uh, so it's not great to enter the game against the number one sack defense in the league without your offensive tackles. Uh, they were replaced by Will Holden at left tackle and Chaz Green at right tackle. Uh, Holden actually got rolled up at one point and was replaced by Jamarcus Webb. 
uh, other injuries throughout the game. Kari Willis left the game to be evaluated for a concussion. Zach, uh, what, what, what did you think about those tackles out there? <laughs> <laughs> we said it, I think, going into this week that, or I think we said a couple weeks ago when, when you first had me on talking about backup tackles <laughs> with the Colts. <laughs> backup tackles around the NFL are awful, all of them, just about all of them around the whole NFL. Uh, when you're down to your four-string tackle and fifth-string tackle, and when they got Webb out there, that was their six-string tackle. When you're down that far down the depth chart to those type of tackles, they're not going to be decent NFL players whatsoever. Uh, and that's kind of what happened today. I mean, Louisville Clark was never good by any means, but uh, he was certainly better than Chaz Green and Will Holden and, and Jamarcus Webb. Uh, so Phillip Rivers had no time out there. The chemistry across the offensive line was just way off with, with these new bodies out there. And, and as a result, we saw, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Steelers have a really good pass rush that blitz really well. Uh, but I think the Colts going into this game were allowing under 20 or had under 20 sacks allowed this entire year. And they gave up like six in this one. Uh, it, it's just, it's just how it is. I mean, we all knew it was going to kind of be like this. The second both tackles got ruled out right before this game. Um, hopefully both can be back for this next Sunday, because even though it's the Jaguars in week 17, uh, have, not having two really good tackles and going all the way down to fourth and fifth string guys, again, like Chaz Green and, maybe we'll hold and he might be out now. Uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. And we kind of saw that in the second half, we got kind of, I don't want to say we got lucky in the first half but the Colts were able to kind of move the ball in the first half, but we really saw that issue step up there in the second half. And that's how the Colts were able to lose this one. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's, there's just no way you can really overcome that. I mean, Chaz green has been around all season, but will Holden has barely been around. Jamarcus Webb just got signed. I think Holden got, Actually, I think both guys, didn't they get called up to the, the active roster just this weekend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Holden was claimed off the practice squad uh, this past week. He was claimed off the Ravens practice squad. So technically he is yeah. on the active roster. Uh, but Webb got called up off of the Colts practice squad. Yeah, that's – I don't really know what you can expect to happen otherwise when you're when you're dealing with that kind of stuff. Honestly, though, it didn't really look all that bad the entire game. Uh, the Colts got off to a fast start. Their first drive was nine plays and 70 yards, and it ended in a Jonathan Taylor touchdown. And uh, per Jim Nance on the broadcast, that was Pittsburgh's first opening drive touchdown that they'd allowed all season. Uh, So things were looking nice early. And shoot, again, we talked about the 17-point advantage early in the second half. Things looked good, but then it just complete 180. Uh, They had a dominant defensive performance working in the first half. Uh, They only gave up 93 yards, seven points. Pittsburgh was one of five on third down. They had four yards rushing and 89 passing, and they'd given up a sack. In the second half, 260 yards, 21 points, and 20 first downs. So just completely night and day. It uh, And from the Pittsburgh side of it, too, they they looked exactly like the diminished versions of themselves in that first half. Just a bunch of dink and dunks, not really testing anything downfield, not being able to rush, run the ball at all. And then they made adjustments in the second half. And it kind of it actually reminded me quite a bit of the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. Dominant defensive performance in the first half. The opponent makes offensive adjustments kind of drastically uh, in the second half that work. And the Colts just could not keep up with it. 
for for the Ravens, it was going shorter and leaning on Lamar Jackson's strengths. And this one, it was Ben Roethlisberger getting aggressive and pushing the ball downfield a little more. And it just worked. The and, one thing I would just yeah. disagree when it came to that, even though, again, I, I think that that analogy is pretty close to uh-huh. uh, correct. But one thing I disagree is the defense had a huge cushion to defend. I mean, 24 to seven against an offense that hadn't scored over 20 points in over a month. Oh, uh, yeah. Whereas against the Ravens, you're going against an offense that wasn't what it was last year, obviously with an MVP leading the way, but it's still pretty darn good. Uh, and they only had the, the Colts offense only had 10 points to their name throughout that game. So, yeah, it's a bit different. Uh, I think this one was, you know, in my opinion, just to jump in here, I think this was uh, probably the worst defensive performance we've seen from the Colts this year, and that includes uh, what we saw against the Bengals in the first half, the Titans in the first half a couple weeks ago without DeForest Buckner. Uh, Those were awful defensive performances in those halves. But, uh, again, to to let up that many points in the second half to an offense that uh, hasn't scored over 20 points in over a month, that's – I mean, that's it's just – it's really frustrating. That's the most frustrating point about the, about this game to me. I think a lot of people are pointing to a lot of things, but to me, you know, your defense is six in the NFL, uh, have been having a really good season, uh, had some pretty good games here of late against Derek Carr and Sean Watson and keeping those point totals down. Uh, going against a really bad offense that's just, that was just struggling all cylinders to, to come out and lay flat in the second half like that was, uh, that was the biggest letdown to me in this game. Absolutely. And there was, of, of course, just some uncharacteristic things, uh, some some rare things that cropped up. You get, what was there, four pass interference and holding calls in that yeah. second half. We kind of knew, we talked about it in the pregame show, that that Alex Kemp officiating crew was right there at the top of, of flags thrown. Yeah. It was unfortunate that it really only appeared to be on one side. Not that they weren't always legitimate calls, because they were, but um, – Really, really good teams. You know, they are able to overcome stuff like that. It, uh, God, there was Philip Rivers had his first loss fumble of the season. That was, you know, a total anomaly. Hadn't thrown a pick in a few games. That cropped up. Um, that was almost a, that was really a punt pretty much more than anything, it seemed almost. But yeah, just some uncharacteristic, rare mistakes that came up. Um, it just really, did not did not help the cause keeping uh Pittsburgh at bay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, your offense scoring 24 points with backup offensive tackles, uh, that should be enough in a game like this. Again, against the defense like Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, against the defense like Pittsburgh with your backup offensive tackles, when your top defense, your top 10 defense is going against a really, really bad and struggling offense that should have been enough. So I, I get people wanting to get upset with the offense in the second half, but honestly them scoring 24 against this dealer's defense with the situation they had, I'm not too upset. And, and, you know, the big thing, I, I'm sure we're going to touch more on this year, but the pass run splits, I, again, I didn't have too many issues with that in the second half. I think it, it was just kind of dictated by what the Steelers were doing because uh, the Steelers knew they, they get pressure on the edge and, and get pressure any way they wanted because the offensive line was just so off by the Colts with all the backups. So, you know, 24 points should have been enough. I, and you know, they, the Steelers had some short fields, but that was honestly mainly because the defense, you know, like for instance, the Steelers had that short field on the 40 yard touchdown pass, but that's because the Steelers went right down the Colts throat right before that and got stopped at the one yard line. So, you know, it, just just a horrible second half defensive effort. I mean, every I mean, Ben Rossberg, you could still see he couldn't get any juice on most of his passes. 
uh, you know, he had a couple, he had two nice throws, one to Juju and one on the, the 30 yard, 39 yarder to, to Deontay Johnson. But, you know, it, it was just, everything was uncontested. There was no pass rush. Linebackers look lost. It was just, just an awful meltdown by the defense in the second half. Yeah, that, that was a really big deal too. Like you said, I, I saw you tweeted that uh, during the game. The only sack they had on the day was a blitz from Kari Willis and he was untouched. Other than that, no defensive lineman really got much of anything going on. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's – I mean, if if we look at this a couple weeks ago and you say the Colts lost to the Steelers, I don't think anyone's really all that upset. But if you tell them they, they you know, melted down and blew a 17-point second half lead and lost that way, that makes it a little bit of a harder pill to swallow. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. If you told me, if you told me this week – Colts lost to Steelers because I actually was talking to my dad last night. I said, uh, especially with the tackles being out, it should be a pick them uh, with with the Vegas odds. And it, it, and it did come down to being a pick them. And I completely saw that the way the Steelers were playing lately, the way Colts were playing lately. But with the situation with the offensive tackles and stuff, yeah, I would have said it was a pick them. So, yeah, if the Colts lost, it's whatever. But to get that big lead, to have your offense playing way, way better than expected, and then the defense melt down like that uh, – I mean, it was just pathetic. I mean, because the defense has won many games for them this year. When the offense was bad earlier in the year, uh, the defense was playing great and winning them some games. But for the Colts to go anywhere in the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, it's going to come down to the defense being much, much better than what they were today. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a one-time thing. I know we've seen a couple of bad halves from this defense, but uh, you can't have this happen, especially in the second half of a huge game. Yeah, and it's – I think it's one thing if it's just allowing some points and some yards, but it's been like drastically awful halves, you know, Browns, Bengals, the Steelers game, I guess the entire AFC North because, you know, the the Ravens as well, even though that was a little more on the offense. Um, But yeah, the, uh, the man at the top of the list um, in in charge of this Colts roster or not roster, but uh, game plan and everything, Frank Reich, he spoke to the media after the game. Here he is. All right. We'll start off with uh, injury update. Uh, Kari Willis with the concussion. Uh, Will Holden with the ankle. And then Michael uh, Pittman is still being evaluated. All right. Difficult loss, tough loss on the road. Uh, tough to swallow. You know, when you come out in the first half and play the way we did, you know, good in all three phases except for the turnover. Um, played a dominant half of football in the first half and, you know, went out to a nice lead. We're able to mix it up, run and pass, really uh, played good on defense as well. Um, you know, just gave them the short field the one time that they that they took advantage of. And then the second half, we just didn't have any answers. Um, you know, they, you know, on offense, you know, we, we got backed up one time and on our one yard line and couldn't do anything with it. We've been especially good in that area of the field um, all year. And, uh, and failed when we needed it most. Uh, and then we come out the next the next series um, after they had gone down and scored or through the long touchdown pass. And, you know, we take a sack on the first play, we get behind in the sticks. And and so we, get, we got in a rut on offense in the second half, to say the least. You know, defensively um, in the second half, you know, just too many big plays. Uh, you know, make them go the long route. They got big plays and, and obviously big penalties. Uh, they weren't all big plays just weren't all um, completions, but, you know, a couple penalties in there. And then at the end of the day, you know, we lost the, we lost the turnover battle. That's, we lost the turnover battle 
uh, you know, with the two, and we weren't able to generate any turnovers. Um, we, you know, that's going to be a big deal uh, in a late December game with two good football teams. The turnover battle is going to come up huge. If you look at what we did, um, you know, overall, ran it a little bit, you know, we were able to throw it, help stop their run. Um, so in, in many regards, you know, checked off some boxes, but can't make the mistakes we made with the penalties, the turnovers, and uh, that's really ownership by coaches and players. Um, that, that's what's most disappointing. So, um, you know, what we just talked about was, you know, we no longer control our own destiny, um, but all we can do is take care of our own business. And that means learning from this film, uh, having a good week of practice, and then uh, finishing up the regular season uh, with a great performance. And then hopefully we get some help. All right, I'll open it up to questions. Greg Doyle, you want to start us off? Sure. Um, Frank, uh, I know what just happened. I don't know how much time you've had to think about it, but you're up 24-7. What do you think of the offensive, I guess, your play calling from that point on? Yeah, it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good. You know, we got backed up on our own one-yard line. Um, you know, we called a run, called a run got nothing. Um, then we took a shot and, you know, and then we're just trying to gain a few yards and to give ourselves room to punt. And then uh, we come out in the next series, uh, we call play action pass. They got a pressure on and, and uh, you know, in hindsight, I should have anticipated the pressure. I should have anticipated the pressure on, on the first play of the series after they just scored. Um, so I didn't, the play action pass, can it pick it up? Yeah, but I should have called something quick, get out of the hand quick. You know, they, they pressured a little bit more in the second half. They were playing a lot of base defense to our sub-O. We called a few runs, not many, but just didn't, felt like we couldn't get that going. And then secondly, they were, um, the pressures that they were bringing and they're playing base defense against our sub-O. So um, some of it, we had to go to a couple pass checks a few times that runs were called. Probably had three or four runs called that we ended up having to check the passes because of pressures that they were bringing. So yeah, it wasn't good enough uh, play calling on my part. If I can, if I can add a second one, defense too. Normally, second half, your defense, you guys out adjust the other team. This time, they out adjusted you, or did y'all just stop playing the way you did in the first half? Go prevent, and it cost you. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like we went prevent necessarily. Um, many of the same calls that we had in the first half. Just you know, we, we they still didn't run it on us, but you got a future Hall of Fame quarterback over there, and he got hot, and they had the momentum. Um, he kept finding completions. He just kept finding completions and keeping drives alive and then found ways to create a couple big plays. Um, and then even after, you know, he, so he was keeping them alive um, with some dink and dunk stuff, find ways to create big plays. And then when, and then they created big plays with some penalties that they got, uh, some pass interference. We knew this, you know, we knew coming in that, uh, you know, we get a scouting report on everybody, including the officials and, and this, you know, this group, um, you know, we knew coming in that, that they called a little bit tighter on the back end. This group calls a little bit tighter on the back end. We knew that coming in. Um, so we just need to play a little bit better there. Kevin Bowen. Frank, going back to the play calling, I think Jonathan just two carries in the final 25 minutes. Um, do you feel like he should have been more involved? Yeah, I would have loved to get him more involved. You know, I mean, like I said, we, we, we got backed up one time 
and uh, called a run. It didn't work. The next time we called a play action pass on first down and got and lost eight yards on a sack. Um, and then we had several, like I mentioned, there were several other runs called, probably three or four other runs called that they're bringing pressures. And, and if we run into the pressure, it's, they're going to, it's going to get blown up. So, um, you know, that, that we got a, we got an experienced quarterback to get us in the right play. And when they're taking it away, they were forcing our hand. Um, they were forcing our hand. Um, and we just, and normally what our mode is, is, Hey, if you're going to force our hand, and, and run some pressures or play a certain personnel group on defense to take away some runs, then, you know, we're going to hurt you in the pass game. Uh, we're going to hurt you in the pass game. And we just weren't able to do that. When they forced our hand into the pass game, all it takes is to hit it one, two, three times to get them out of some of that stuff. And we just weren't able to get that done. Zach Kiefer. Frank, we know what Costanzo and Braden Smith means to your offense and, and then how it changes the way you call the game. How did it impact the game today, the way you called it without them out there? And, and did you feel like you guys did enough to uh, combat their pressure? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of, you know, we were trying to help the tackles when we could, particularly on 90, you know, unless it was a short, quick rhythm throw. Um, you know, the one sack early in the, you know, the sack fumble, uh, that led to their early touchdown was um, was a play we've run a lot. It's short crossing route, and I give them credit defensively. They schemed something up. They anticipated it. They dropped guys out in coverage where we're normally just kind of get that that ball out real quick, and uh, they dropped guys out in a, in a zone drop kind of coverage, a blitz zone kind of coverage, and and had us covered. And Philip was just trying to buy a little time. Um, I, I thought the guys, you know, I know we gave up five sacks. Um, I don't, I think I got to look at the tape. Uh, I got to look at the tape, obviously, but I felt like the guys, the two tackles, you know, just from watching with my eye during the game did fine. And as far as how we mixed it up, um, you know, it was, like I said, it was a mix of thumping the guys, trying to throw some quick rhythm stuff. They pressured a lot and then they beat us on a few pressures, but obviously not good enough coaching or uh, executing on offense as far as their pressures were concerned. Joel Erickson. Frank, why has the secondary struggled some here in the second half of the season for, for halves at a time? You know, I, I would say that, you know, obviously really happy with how we played in the first half. And then in the second half, I, part of the answer is you're going up against a future Hall of Fame quarterback. And he's going to get, you give him enough attempts, he's going to get completions. They got good players. He's really hard to sack. He's the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. Um, and he's good at finding completions. And so um, he, he did that. So it, that was, I think, more the answer uh, than anything today. Jim Milo. Yeah, Frank, I was just I'm trying to sort out what you were saying about, you know, if they take away the, the run game essentially and, and they force you guys to pass, and that's, that's okay. What, 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 I guess, went wrong? Look, they were maybe dropping a safety over the middle to take away some of the crossing routes. But what were some of the other things that I think that they did, or did, I'm asking, did they do uh, to take away, you know, the passing game that was working in the first half? Um, yeah, we obviously need to look at the tape, but what, what it felt like out there is um, either, either on the, some of the blitz zone stuff that they played, they covered us, or, um, or they got to us with the pressure. 
And um, so, you know, without going into the details of how we philosophically think and what we do in those kind of situations, uh, the bottom line was we just didn't execute well enough today. And when I say execute, we didn't well, execute well enough. That means as a coaching staff, you know, we didn't give our offense enough answers. Um, you know, we didn't have enough answers to combat what they were doing. When I normally feel like that's when we're at our best um, between coaching and playing it today, we were not. Um, so we got to take ownership of that, um, you know, starting with me as a play caller um, and as an offensive coach, but really our whole offense, our whole offensive staff. And then as players, you know, we got to take ownership of executing a little bit better as well. All right, we'll go last question, George Bremer. Coach, you mentioned that, that you talked to players about losing control of your own destiny. Uh, the mental attitude in, in that part of the game has obviously been a big part for this team. Is this a big challenge now, overcoming uh, a setback like this, adversity like, like this today? Yeah, I know. We'll, I feel very uh, confident in how we we'll respond. You know, I, what, that's what we talked about in there just for a minute was, a you know, very disappointed about what happened today from all of us. Um, that when we had everything to play for, we just didn't have the answers coaching and playing that we needed in the second half to win a very important game. But, um, you know, you can't take away all the positive stuff that we've done this year, uh, coaches and players. So I, I'm not doubting, I'm not doubting us. I'm not doubting our coaching staff. I'm not doubting the players. I'm not doubting what we're doing and how we're doing it and who we're doing it with. We had a bad game and our, our bad half and we weren't able to finish it off. So um, we got to learn from it, get better for next week and take care of our business next week and finish the season off the right way and then hopefully get some help. All right, now looking specifically at this Colts offense, they finished the day with 365 yards on 68 plays. That's 5.4 yards per play, five of 13 on third down, which is not great, 38.5%, 0 for one on fourth downs. There were two or three in the red zone, which is all right, 66.7%. Uh, and they had two turnovers, which really did not help. Uh, passing the ball, Phillip Rivers was 22 of 35 for 270 yards, 7.7 uh, .7 yards per attempt. Uh, a touchdown and interception each. He was sacked five times, which, again, back up offensive tackles. And your, your left tackle that you go into that game with goes out as well. Um, yeah, not a lot of good is going to happen there, uh, but an 84.2 rating. I, uh, I thought it was a good sign of things. They were able to hit that 42-yard touchdown to, to Zach Pascal. Uh, number one, it was beautiful pocket movement by Phillip Rivers, yeah. escaping a couple things uh, and then firing it downfield. But they've really been able to, to get some downfield shots more frequently in recent weeks. Uh, there's been a couple 41-yarders. This was a 42-yarder. So that's uh, that's one positive takeaway I would have from this is downfield. They're a, they've been able to, to figure some things out. Uh, receiving, there really was no one big standout. Uh, Zach Pascal had three catches for 64 yards in that 42-yard touchdown. T.Y. Hilton had 60 yards on three catches. Jack Doyle had four catches and 50 yards. And then Michael Pittman Jr. had three catches for 38 yards. Uh, a couple of those veterans got some career milestones in that one. Uh, Hilton needed just three yards to pass Raymond Berry for the third most receiving yards in franchise history, and uh, he got that easily. 
Jack Doyle also passed Ken Dilger for the fourth most receptions by a tight end in Colts franchise history. Dilger had 261. Uh, running the ball, it uh, it was on, on the whole, it was pretty good. Uh, 28 carries for 127 yards. That's four and a half per carry and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor led the way, 18 carries for 74 yards. It's a 4.1 average and both those touchdowns. Uh, really, really good stuff in the first half. It looked a lot like what they've been doing in recent weeks. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, heavy involvement from him, him pushing piles forward with those offensive linemen, helping him get physical. Um, but not much of a thing in the in the second half. Just that's not how it was dictated. Like you said, it was just kind of what Pittsburgh was doing. Uh, it just didn't work out to to be that much of a thing in the uh, in the second half game planning. After the game, Colt center Ryan Kelly caught up with the media. Here he is. Ryan, as, as good a season as you guys have had, is it mind-boggling to you that going into the final week of the season, you're going to need a little help? Uh, I guess so. It's kind of the way the NFL rolls. You know, it's it's a very unpredictable league. And, you know, going into the game, I think we had uh, – we can control our own destiny with the win here today. But, um, you know, I think after the first half, everybody thought that, that was going to be a for sure – you know, for sure thing that's going to happen. And uh, I think we just took our foot off the gas in the second half and, you know, it stings. So we're going to need some things to happen and, and to uh, win out, you know, next week. And so um, it's a crazy league. Things happen all the time. So, you know, uh, this, will, this will sting for a little while and have to come back and get a redemption game against Jacksonville. Zach Kiefer. Ryan, was there more on your plate today in the middle of the field with backup tackles on both sides? And, and how did that play out? You guys were rolling in the in the run game in the first half and then not so much in the second. No, I think both tackles played great. You know, obviously, uh, that's why you're in this league. You know, you can play at a high level. And, uh, you know, when your name is called, your name is called. And I think that they both played great games. <clears throat> obviously, when, um, you know, you kind of you're scrambling to, to get down the field and score points, uh, the pass protection becomes a little more um, crucial, I thought. Even Jamarcus Webb went in there in the fourth quarter and did a great job too. So, you know, we we like to. Uh, I think it really kind of all started when we were backed up. You know, we we kind of got stalled back there and and had to punt, and so uh, just really shortened the field for their offense and that kind of got things rolling. So, wish we could have um, you know got a few more things going in the run game. I thought that that was an area we really improved on today. You know, we just had some really big plays. You know, all the running backs were running great, um, and so you know, just kind of uh, upset to see that slip away. George Bremer. Philip kind of said that it felt like you gave the Steelers a little bit of a glimmer of hope early in the second half, and then it felt like you're kind of holding on the rest of the way. How do you turn that around when you have that feeling in the middle of the game? How, how difficult is that, and how do you kind of reverse that? Uh, it's tough. You know, it is. Um, we're all professionals. We get we get paid to do our job, and I think that, uh, you know, the mood swing on the sideline was definitely felt, and it's probably a little bit on everybody to uh, recognize that, recognize that, hey, you know, we did put, you know, 21, 24 points up in the first half. Let's just go stick back to what we know how to do. Um, and unfortunately, things like that happen in the NFL. And so, you know, how can we grow as a team? Um, you know, if we really want to go far in the playoffs, there's going to be some adverse times. And I think that it was just a challenging day um, in the second half. And I think we'll respond better. All right, we'll go two more. Jim Aiello. Yeah, Ryan, uh, Phillips said that you guys didn't get a lot of the looks you were hoping for in some some of the, some of the run plays. But is it is it frustrating in the second half? Because you guys were, you know, running the ball really well in the first half to, to get away from the run game and not do, you know, offensive linemen do like running the ball. 
Yeah, um, certainly one of the things that we love to do. Uh, I think that we, you know, they, they just, they gave us some blitzes and stuff that we picked up really well and, and created some massive holes for the running backs to run through. And so, um, you know, they, they continue to keep giving those those looks. And, you know, I just give my hats off to Phil for getting us in the, a few third and long checks um, into run plays where we really, you know, kind of pushed it down there and got it close. And so, you know, obviously we'd like to run the ball more in the second half. Um, the, the game kind of dictates on what the play call is. And no matter what comes down the pipe, we got to execute. And I think that uh, we'll watch the tape. We'll figure out what we need to get better at and um, you know, be ready for Jacksonville. All right. Last one, Olivia Ray. Ryan, zeroing in on that a little bit more, what did you see from Jonathan Taylor, especially today when he maybe had a little bit more on his plate? Uh, just, you know, I think his patience, um, knowing, uh, you know, where the defense is, you know, they brought a few um, inside blitzes a few times and um, there's going to be, obviously there's going to be some holes in the, in the secondary when that happens. And so just going back and, you know, you kind of get the iPad <clears throat> on the sideline to see where, you know, where the ball went, where, where it hit. And so I think that, just his vision um, and his, you know, resiliency to not come down um, is really growing. And it's, it's awesome to see and awesome to play for. On the defensive side of the ball, Pittsburgh totaled 353 yards on 64 plays. That's five and a half yards per play. So pretty similar offensive output for both teams. Uh, four of 11 on third down. That's just 36.3%. Uh, 0 for 1 on fourth down as well. And they too were 2 of 3 in the red zone. They had zero turnovers, which turned out to be pretty uh, pretty advantageous for them. Passing the ball, um, very, very, very different from what they've been doing in, in recent weeks. Ben Roethlisberger was 34 of 49 passing, which is 69.4%. He had 342 yards, which is a 7.0 YPA. And he's been having some real bad YPAs, like, like in the fours and fives, just not – not good at all. Three touchdowns, no picks. And again, he was sacked just once. Uh, he had a 109.4 rating. Running the ball, the Colts the Colts kept it uh, contained. There was one or two runs in the second half that weren't so great. Uh, but again, they just had just four yards in the first half. They finished the game with just 20 yards. Uh, they had that on 14 carries. That's uh, 1.4 yards per carry. And they had a touchdown. Uh, James Conner led the way with 20 yards on five carries and that touchdown. After the game, Colts linebacker Darius Leonard also spoke with the media. Here he is. Hey, Darius. Um, hey, did you did you guys probably expect uh, Ben to get a little more aggressive in the second half as he did, you know, where in the first half they were throwing underneath a lot and you guys had a lot of success? Um, and, and then why, did, why do you think you guys didn't maybe respond that well when they did get aggressive? Um, um, of course, you know, he's going, he's going to throw the ball down the field. I mean, down by 17, I mean, you know, he's going to throw the ball down the field. Um, I don't know exactly, you know, what went wrong. Um, you know, I got to look at the tape and see, you know, what was different between the first half, second half, um, you know, from players wise and everything else, you know, see exactly, you know, what went wrong, what we could have, what we could have done better. Joel Erickson. How much of a role did the pass interference calls play? Um, played a big role, you know, um, the one on, the one on, um, Kenny was a terrible call. I don't care. That was, that was awful. And then the one, um, with TJ, you know, that was, that was a great play by TJ. The ball wasn't even catchable. And, you know, if you, if you want to call the PI on, um, on Kenny, you got to call the same exact play on TY. 
And it, it was, it, they didn't, you know, I mean, it was bad on that. But, I mean, we still got to, you know, defensively got to bow up. Um, you know, we always say, you know, I don't think he needs a blade of grass. And, you know, we, we didn't do that. We didn't, we didn't step up and make a play. Zach Kiefer. Darius, there's a lot to figure out next week for the playoffs, but could you imagine being an 11 win team that doesn't make the playoffs? Cause that's a possibility now. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about it. I mean, you, you, you think about all the scenarios. I mean, what could happen? Um, but I mean, you think you have 11 wins, uh, that's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to think a team with 11 wins, you know, going to be sitting at the house. Um, so, you know, we just hopefully, you know, we can do what we can do to find a way to get in. And uh, hopefully we can get in um, and do uh, make some make some damage, I guess. All right, we'll go last one, Mike Chappell. Yeah, Darius, Phillip and, and Jack Doyle were talking. Boy, it felt like they needed a couple of first downs to kind of get the momentum going in the second half. Did you guys feel defensively you just need to make a play, a stop? To sort of stop it or is that just too simple? That's every time you step on the field is make a stop. I mean, that's no matter what it is, you, you're supposed to say, okay, three and out, take away, let's get off the field. And as you've seen in the second half, we, we didn't do that. All right, Zach, any last thoughts on this one before we put it to bed? Honestly, I think we all got to move on from this one. It was uh, just, just a frustrating loss to a team that the Colts have had a lot of frustrating losses to over the last you know decade, <laughs> decade and a half. So yep. uh, move on, beat Jacksonville, hope that they get some luck with uh, Buffalo and got to be big Buffalo in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think the thing that upsets me most about these last couple of weeks is every single week there's been a team that the Colts have had to root for to help their playoff chances. And every single time that team has lost, yeah. uh, it's like the universe is, is pull, like really pulling for the, the 1% chance that the Colts had about three weeks ago of going 11 and five and missing the playoffs. I mean, it, it just, it's very frustrating right now, but you know, all the Colts can do next week is handle business against Jacksonville and, and hopefully get ready for the playoffs. I mean, this team's good enough to beat anyone in the playoffs, but uh, they got to stop beating themselves throughout the course of games. I mean, the lack of consistency from not only game from game, but from first quarter to second quarter, to third quarter, uh, it's it's been the biggest thing that's been hurting this team all year. So hopefully they can write the ship next week against Jacksonville, get ready for a playoffs, and, uh, you know, hopefully or, or we'll be uh, moving the draft season here. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll always cross that bridge when we get there. But if they do finish 11 and five and miss the playoffs, it, it'll be disappointing, of course. But could you be mad at them for that? Because think about it, the beginning yeah, they, of the they, season. If you said they were eleven and five, you'd take it, absolutely take it. Yeah, they'd but. be the second team since like nineteen ninety to miss the playoffs at eleven and five, and yeah. the other team who missed at eleven and five finished as the seventh seed in the AFC by like three games. So yeah. this is just an unprecedented year where, especially in the AFC, there's been a huge disparity between the good teams and the bad teams. Uh, the bad teams are awful and bottoming out, and the good teams are all at these insane records of 11 wins or 10 wins is what they're going to be at. So uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy what's going on in the AFC this year. And, you know, they go 11 and five again, a year after losing their, their franchise quarterback uh, and bringing a new guy with, with no off season. I, I do think that it's still a successful season. Uh, you can't really control how the rest of the season goes and the rest of the teams play out, but um, it would be really nice to at least just make the playoffs at this point. If you're going to finish 11 and five, uh, you'd rather make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, again, it would be tough to be mad at them, but all I know for sure is that they already had firepower going into this game with Jacksonville on Sunday because they lost to them in week one, which turns out is, is going to, going to have some influence in whether or not they make the playoffs. 
but now they're also coming off a game they let slip through their hands. So they have all the reason in the world to want to come out and just blow Jacksonville out. And luckily it's at home because them playing in Jacksonville is just a nightmare of a time for some reason. So um, hopefully better days are ahead for us this time next week. Uh, Everybody, please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to, to the show. Uh, We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at Believe in Colts. Me personally at Jake Arthur NFL uh, on Twitter and Facebook, as well as Jake Arthur underscore on Instagram. And Zach is at Zach Hicks too on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my written work with Sports Illustrated and Zach's on Stampede Blue and Cover One. Uh, You already know yet what you're doing this week. Yeah, I'm going to post an interview I did with a player this past week. I was trying to get it out this week, but, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve, all that kind of oh, yeah. uh, slows down some work. But, yeah, doing some, going to do some film work as well on the Colts. Um, I'll focus on some positives, some negatives, probably look at what the heck happened with the defense. Uh, but, you know, you got, again, just got to get ready for the Jacksonville game and try to move on from this as quick as possible. These ugly losses, man, it's tough. It's a really tough week of writing uh, the week after an ugly loss because yeah. you don't want to just keep dwelling on the negatives, but sometimes you got to talk about them. So, uh, yeah, definitely something the defense needs to show up. Um, again, we've seen it a lot in, in certain halves this year, but probably write a little bit about that, uh, but mostly you just want to focus on this Jags game and, and, again, hopefully the playoffs after that. Absolutely. And I mean, by, by Jacksonville playing uh, Mike Glennon throughout, throughout these last several games after they've had Gardner Minshew, I'm not super sure they're interested in winning next week anyways, but they're playing for nothing next week, actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they they're already just locked up the first overall pick playing for fun yeah. and try to win for once. Oof. <laughs> hey, well, I think they know they can do it against the Colts. Anyways, if you guys have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, please send them to us through email at believeincolts at gmail.com or respond whenever we send out the call for them on Twitter. Today's show was sponsored by Bet Online. If you're interested in advertising on Believe Podcasts, please contact them at believe.com. Or if you're interested in just our show, shoot us an email. Zach and I will be with you later in the week to chat all about Colts and Jaguars. Have a great week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.